Hello and welcome to the Flippin' Weirds podcast. We are based in the UK and we'll be talking all things Malifaux, from news and reviews to events and tactics. Enjoy the show. What is up, nerds? Flipping Weirds are back again for episode number two. Uh, Matt's with me again. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Um... Oh, isn't he funny? <laughs> Hilarious. But we have managed to come back for a second week, which is already an up on our previous commitment. We have. Yeah, we have. I haven't actually decided... Oh, Matt's left his phone on vibrate. Very professional. Um, I haven't actually decided what day of the week we're going to release this yet. I think we're probably going to go with Mondays, so you might get this one either a little bit early or a little bit late. Anyway, we have two other people here with us today. So as we're getting guests on, we're going to ask the guests three questions to get them started, which they can use when they're introducing themselves. So those questions are, what is your favourite faction? What is your favourite master? So that can be from a fluff or gameplay point of view, but you need to justify it and then what is your best moment in Malifaux so Steph do you want to introduce yourself first hi yeah I'm Steph um so I come out of the Hemel area um favorite faction 10 Thunders master Mayfeng she's been very much so since I started playing best moment um coming about mid-table at nationals last year was probably my best one because I've been doing so bad up until then. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So we've got Steph on to talk about some stuff he's doing for the community. Um, and then my other guest or our other guest is Carl. So Carl, do you want to introduce yourself? And we've got the same questions for you. Hey guys. Yep. You probably know me, Carl from the Northwest Meta. Um, so the questions, favorite faction, bit torn really probably guild's always been close to the heart but reses are edging it at the moment um and then that's the same master wise so Pedita, first master i ever played but again karai pretty much edging her for um for that top spot and then best moment uh i guess just qualifying for masters um in 2019 sounds weird saying that but yeah we've lost a year so that's that. Rezzers and funders. Just uh, so what I'm going to have to put up with for the entire entire session, can't you? Okay, so um, Matt, like, so this is obviously our first episode with guests on. So, do you want to answer those questions as well? Okay. So, favorite favorite master was first, right? I totally was listening to questions. No, favorite faction. Favorite, favorite faction. faction. Okay. Well, Guild. It's got to be Guild. I started with Guild. I love Guild. I get a sense of pleasure how much it angers Jamie as well, so that kind of feeds it. But, yeah, it's definitely Guild for me. I just love the models, love the fluff. And uh, favourite master in is definitely Sonia. She was my first first ever crew box. Uh, I love her lore and uh, really love really love the model. And all the models, old ones, the alt ones, the new ones. It's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. And I think it's been really some really great points in Malifaux. Uh, but I think my most recent one would be coming second at Masters in twenty nineteen, really so close to becoming UK master. Um yeah, that was that was high for me, a real high. Yeah, no, it's fair enough. Very well played that event. Very that that final was super nail biting as well. Like watching that was exciting because it swung back and forth so many times what about you james go on everyone else has done it um so it's going to be rezzers we all know it's going to be rezzers for the favorite faction um favorite master so i remember being tossed up between this like the last time we did it on the the old podcasts um but molly's not really the same that as she was like her fluff is still super super cool but from a gameplay point of view she doesn't excite me like she used to um 
Kirai's the easy choice. I do love Kirai. Um, but actually, you know what? I, I think it was Albus at the moment. He's got the new factor, which is really, really nice. And he plays in a really cool way, which I really enjoy. But from the stuff that Weird have put out, there might be a chance that there's a new spidery overlord coming to take my favourite master position. Nexus definitely looks like they will be right up my street, so I'm really looking forward to that box releasing. And best moment in Malifaux? Well, there's been so many, right, Matt? Um... (laughs) We've cleared 20 minutes of the podcast for this bit, so carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you know what? Actually, do you know what it is? It's, It's when I won Masters, but not because I won Masters. It's because it was probably the last time that people rooted for me to win something. Um, like, after that, people were just like, oh, JFE winning winning this again. No one wants... Everyone supported the person I was playing against. Everyone wanted me to lose things rather than to win things. Um, so that last time that I was sort of like the underdog or considered, even though in reality now I could probably be the underdog given how I'm playing at the moment, um, that, that was probably what I look back and go, yeah, that was probably my best moment in Malifaux. That, that was the day you became the panto villain of uh, the UK meta. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> That's almost exactly how it happened. Cool. I, I am right. surprised you went there, uh, didn't go with Kirai. I genuinely thought you were going to say Kirai is your favourite master. Uh, do you know, it's a little bit because Carl sort of bagsied it to, to a degree, um, and I wanted to be a little bit different. Uh, <laughs> Blame Carl, love it. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, I, there's, I like so many different masters. And that's part of the problem why I'm like flipping, flitting around so many different factions is that there's so many cool things, especially with M3 and the way that everything plays in like really unique ways and has different mechanics. Um, there's there's just so many cool options to try and everything sort of takes my fancy. But yeah, anyway, so what we're going to be talking about today, as I alluded to earlier, is some of the cool stuff that the two guys that we've got on are doing at the moment. I think we'll start with you, Steph. Um, so do you want to tell us about your uh, your little project you've got going on at the moment? Yeah, so obviously we've had a group chat going in the UK for quite some time now. And I think between myself, Carl, and a few others, we often refer to OnlyFans and Carl's special page. Uh, and... I'd been meaning to kind of add my own content to the scene as well. And this sounded like a perfect hub to do so. So I, I created Only Foe UK, um, which is basically a content hub for all of the stuff that you guys and all the other guys in the UK are doing. Okay, so so <laughs> uh, for, for the people out there that have, have never checked out Only Foe, how similar to OnlyFans is it? So are we going to go on there and see, sort of be able to buy special personalised content from like Matt and Carl? Is that is that sort of how that works in a similar way? I mean, that's ultimately the dream, but no, not at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. right. I was really looking forward to my Carl t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> it's something Carl. we can definitely look into. <laughs> if you want to get in touch, I can sort you out, Matt. Don't worry. <laughs> you have to go through his proper OnlyFans, though, rather than <laughs> premium content subscription only. That one. Yeah. All right. That sounds about right. Okay. Cool. So, um, Steph, what's on OnlyFans at the moment, and what are your plans for it in the future? Okay. So, at the moment, it's following. Um, the Vassal Super League that is going on, which Carl is running, which I believe he's going to be talking about shortly. Um, and it's just kind of um, how it's standing. And we've also got Lewis's um, pundit predictions going on on there at the moment. Um, it's a link space to some other people's YouTubes, podcasts, anything going on like that. So, again, it's just about that hub for people to go, right, I want to get into Malfoy or I want to hear what everyone's doing um, and have an easy place to find it. Actually, it's a really cool idea. Actually, do you, I think when we first started, there was a web page we all used. What was that? It's, it's no longer up. Oh, my anymore. finger. Yeah. And like, actually, it was really great to like be able to have a community thing. So actually, that's, that's going to be awesome. I remember how much we relied on that. So actually, I think I think you've really got, really got something going there, Steph. 
Yeah. It is weird. It is weird to think back about, um, like, pull my finger and actually think back to starting Malifaux. And actually, like, all of our Malifaux knowledge came from pull my finger. Right when we first started, in the first sort of um, six months, probably where we we were playing, we would just constantly go be going on to pull my finger. And you'd play a game, and then you'd come out come out of the game and go on to pull my finger and try and find like another option um, and why why your game went wrong. Yeah, I remember like the. Uh... Getting the Malifaux child into Sonya list came out of pull, pull my finger. That was a that was an eye opening day. Yeah, so that was a bit different actually. So, uh, Steph, were you? Did you ever look at pull my finger? Were you around then? Um, I did. I was quite close to the back end of that. So, when I first started Malifaux, it was a lot later than you guys. Um, so yeah, I did see a bit of it, but not a massive amount. So what is, is there like? Is there a chance that we could have stuff like that incorporated with OnlyFoe? Like get get people to write up articles about different keywords and stuff like that. Is that sort of one, one idea about where we could go with it? Like looking to replace the, the the resource that we're missing now. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, obviously, the plan is to get all the content kind of in one space uh, and link out. Um, I'm looking at obviously doing my own podcast as well with that or possibly blogs for myself um, to add into that content as well. Cool. A Tactica. A Tactica is what we're missing, I think. Really would love to see a Tactica come back to uh, Malifaux. Well, you've got sort of like the the podcasts, haven't you? So like you've obviously got like Third Floor Wars doing their master deep dives and stuff, which sort of fill that space, which I guess actually that, and then, then if you look at OnlyFay, that's sort of what it's doing. It's just in like a more modern format. So rather than just loads of text written articles, you go onto OnlyFay and you've got links to different podcasts talking about different things and blogs and bits like that, which will take you to that content you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. ultimately that's what we're looking at. Cool. That sounds really cool. Um, so that's been so that's quite recently gone up, hasn't it, Steph? That's not. Um, yeah, it's only a couple of weeks old at the moment, as we speak. A couple of weeks old. So yeah, content is still coming. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm quite excited for this. I think it's really cool. Um, it's a little bit of an in joke with the OnlyFans reference, which for the UK community will understand. But um, I'm sure people across the world can appreciate. Uh, the the reference there and the amazing uh, logo that Steph has on the site, which I'm a big fan of as well. Um, mm-hmm. So if you haven't already checked it out, go and check out OnlyFoe. I will put a link in it into the sh- or link to it, sorry, into the show notes so that people can go and check that out. Anything else you wanted to say about it, Steph, or anything else you've got going on? Yeah, just to reach out to anyone who is creating content. I'm obviously don't want to put links to people's stuff without them being aware um so obviously this would be a great opportunity for people to hear about it and if they're interested in having their content linked to um just to get hold of me uh, there's a contact email on the website as well cool cool that sounds good all right well we're going to catch up with steph again shortly because he will come into play with what carl is going to be talking about but carl leader of the northwest malafolks what have you got to say for yourself? So obviously me and Matt alluded to in the last episode that we are doing the UK Super League. Carl is the mastermind behind that. So tell us a bit about what made you want to do it and how you went about setting it up and sort of getting it running. Yeah, so the main idea really behind it was, <clears throat> you know, we're all struggling to get uh, regular games in. You know, we're fortunate to have quite a good community that, you know, has a bunch of events, you know, generally monthly, if not a couple of months. And, um, you know, obviously COVID has, has killed that off. So one thing I, I, I wanted to do after, you know, seeing a couple of other Vassal events and, you know, being someone who usually runs UK events anyway, was set up um, a league format. So rather than it being a tournament and potentially people miss playing other people, you know, we could have a league format where everyone would play every other player and, you know, a real kind of battle out over, you know, 20 or so rounds and, you know, see who accumulates the most points. Um, In terms of setting it up, it was pretty easy. Like uh, Steph said, we have, you know, a UK chat and it's just putting out the um, feeders into that and uh, the feelers even seeing what, you know, if people are interested, what people wanted to do. 
and how we wanted to run it. And yeah, just after a couple of, you know, couple of discussions really, um, was pretty much in a, in a position to, to get it up and running and, you know, Google sheet later, uh, set up a little email address and, um, yeah, was, was good to go. So it's pretty yeah. simple, really. Good stuff. I mean, we were all super excited to see this. I mean, so Carl had organised a event in Manchester. So, so the UK unlocked from lockdown. Uh, Carl organised an event in Manchester, like a, a one day event. Got like forty sign ups for it. Me and Matt were going. We were going. We booked our hotel, and then Manchester, which is where Carl was going to hold the event, went into like a local lockdown. Um, so we were all a bit devastated. Like that was our last sort of chance at an event before everything sort of started going backwards again um but carl stepped up and saved us with a vassal event for the uk community which is a lot of fun actually we're all playing and so how do you think it's going so far carl what are we we're going into week six are we yeah going into week six uh tomorrow to be honest um it, it's been going great uh from a an organizer point of view um i, I can't complain your most games um, I think this is the only week that hasn't finished early. Um, you know, this is the one where it's actually going to go to the last day of the week, whereas every other week has all been um, finished with a couple of days, which gives me a bit more leeway to to update everything. Um, but then again, you know, uh, like I said, the, the Google Sheet was set up, and it's all um, all formulas to make sure that the points are totaled correctly and you know so far most people um are reporting the games in the in the way i asked and um yeah so like i said from an organizer point of view it's it's going great um it's also been nice because I'm, I'm playing in it as well to play people that i don't often get to play because you know they might be you know the other end of the country or up in scotland so yeah it's been a nice variety of games and yeah, again, from a uh, organizer point of view, it's it's just been spot on. It's been perfect. How much time a week does it take you to just manage it? I mean, for people looking to do a league like that, you've done a lot of setup. Obviously, you certainly talk about Google Sheet and stuff like that. So, is it is it a case of what half an hour's worth of time a week, or do you dedicate a good couple of hours to it? How much does it take to run it? Really? Um, hmm. So, on a general week, probably I can probably do it in an hour to two hours tops. So, and, and this is because, um, you know, I'm, I'm recording a lot of additional data that, you know, you know, isn't necessarily needed. You know, you don't have to do that, but um, because of the amount of games and the length of it, I just thought it was a perfect opportunity to, um, you know, really capture you know, what sort of schemes people were taking, what um, sort of lists we were, were using, versatiles, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, when it does end, there will be a lot of data coming out of it. And so, yeah, each week, you know, I, I'd say one to two hours, um, the end, then the end of the month, um, because I, I'd like to break down um, the scoring for the strategies and that. Again, that, that probably takes another hour on top. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty manageable, to be honest. Um, I can trust all the players to play the games. Um, there's, there's been one so far that, that didn't get played and the person acknowledged that it was their fault that it didn't. So um, it was easy enough just to award a, a default win. Um, and yeah, like I said, you know, because of the community we have, I think it, it really helps. Uh, How to, many players have we got? In the 24. 24? 24 it's a good innings really. actually it doesn't take a lot of your time it's, this is definitely something you would look at running again I suppose yeah um, it, it is something that can just go on in the background pretty much you know if people want to continue to do it and you know it, it, I think it's quite nice that it's it's a week per round so you know it's, it's staying quite fresh and quite relevant and you know you get your game done and you're not waiting uh, for the you know for two weeks before you can get your next game in, um, and I think by keeping it within the UK because there was interest for, from people outside of the UK to join it, um, I think if I had done that, it would have just made it a bit more inefficient to run. So you know, by it just being the UK, we're not dealing with time zones, we're not dealing with um, 
language barriers, though, you know, with some of the Scots, that might be, you know, a problem. <laughs> um, luckily, you know, a certain individual is not in the league who probably is the hardest person to understand. But, um, yeah, but like I said, yeah, keeping keeping it strictly UK has meant that it can just be a lot more efficient and a lot more refined. Um, and as well, you know, some people have mentioned to me that they like it because they didn't like the... Um, anxiety aspect of potentially playing someone we didn't know from the scene or someone um you know who might have language barrier issues or um things like that so yeah it's yeah, it's, it's been it's been quite good and quite nice to um to hear the good feedback so far so yeah pretty happy yeah that sounds that sounds good that sounds good i can sort i can understand that the sort of reservations for international play to a degree like i mean it's not everyone's cup of tea i'm I, it's one of the things i really like about vassal is that you've got the option to do that but this is this league is all about the uk community and keeping the uk community engaged but carl so we've alluded to parts of it but can you just talk us through the format of it so if someone else in another country wanted to run a super league just like yours to keep their local community going what does it look like yeah, um, standard sort of uh, league format. So uh, round robin, I guess is what we call it. Um, you know, shamefully stolen from any popular sport. Um, yeah, game per week. You know, every player will play. Each, you know, the other players over the course of the weeks. Um, you know, wins worth three points, draws worth one, and a loss is worth zero. And then it's just uh, the league tables formatted by obviously your win points or um, and then the diff and then if you still tie in it goes on um, the points scored and if you tie in at that point um, and it comes to the end of the season then it'll be uh, the head-to-head um, result will be the, the deciding factor um, and if you drew then to be honest you don't deserve to, to win the league from that I don't think <laughs> <laughs> we've tried so hard to tie break and if you still can't manage it that's it you're out <laughs> exactly yeah you know i've given you all this way to to come first and if you still tie in then yeah i'll give it to third <laughs> cool and so like the there's there's what do you say 24 people playing in the league yeah 24 and and every person in the league is going to play every other person in the league. So this is this is a long-term commitment for those people that are playing. But what the good side of that is it guarantees you a game a week for the length of the league. Um, and I really like that. There's loads of people. When you go to a tournament, you, you're obviously not going to play everyone there unless it's a, a small event. Um, so it's really, really nice actually to look at the list of people playing and know that I'm going to play every single one of them. Yeah, actually, I I found the the game a week, and originally when I was like, oh, I was looking, at it, I was like, game a week, can I commit to that? And actually, I'm really glad I did because a game a week, you make time for it. So, oh, it's one game. I enjoy Malifaux. It's some downtime. Do you know what? I'm going to make space in my week for it, and I'm really glad that really glad we went for what a week. Keeps your eye in, keeps the games fun. We've got lots of things to talk about in the community. I, I think it's really having the effect you want, Carl. And like credit where credit is due, it's been brilliant so far. And I'm I'm looking forward to it carrying on. But yeah, one game a week seems. And originally it was, oh, can I do that? But actually, it's really really easy after a while. If you just make space for it, it's just good to take a couple of hours out of your, your daily, your day to day, and your weekly bluster. Especially currently, I'm, yeah, fantastic idea. Yeah, um, to be honest, that's that's pretty much what I wanted because if. If you lose the week before, you can hop back straight on, you know, the, the Malifaux horse, so to speak. And, you know, you can get your next game in and, you know, try and avenge that loss. Like I said, it's not, oh, I had a crap game. Now, now I'm waiting two weeks to play my next game. And you get this, you know, preconceived idea that it, it could be another bad game or, you know, whatever. And the week format just, just worked out perfect and like you said you know especially in the situation at the moment it could be that you've not got loads going on or there's other stresses worries etc but then for you know three hours you can sit down have a laugh with someone who you know anyway um and just yeah just chill out and, and have a good game of foe yeah we um 
um, just that. And actually, I really like the fact that it is over a long period of time, you can drop a game. It's not going to be a problem. Like, yeah, if I drop a game, it's like you drop a game at an event, five round event, you're like, oh, well, that's probably knocked me off getting my first place position. But actually, what, 24 weeks worth of games means it's probably not that long, is it? No, no, it should be. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it means that you can you can drop a couple, you can come back in, and actually that that league table must must shift around quite a bit. I mean, I presume there's been some big shifts. I mean, it was six six games in or five games in. Yeah, um, already you know people who are around at the bottom, uh, you know, who didn't pick up points for a couple of weeks. Uh, there was a couple of people who drew, and as soon as one of those people towards the bottom picked picked up a win you know they've, they've gone up a few spaces uh a few places even not spaces um and then same at the top you know you win the first two games and all of a sudden you you lose and then lose second well you know you've gone from from being second third fourth down to to middle of the table i think um luke Afico was a good um a good person a good example of that because you know he started off well two solid wins um, and then kind of lost a bit of form and, and slipped to two really close losses and, you know, down down at the middle of the table now. I think as well, it's given us an absolutely amazing uh, conversation point in our group chats. Yeah, definitely. Like every, every week there's always, always people talking about the games and like variety of masters with like 24 people playing, like people just talking about, are they trying this or I did this or I did not expect to see this in their list thing like Ollie throwing out some random guild things and yeah it's been really good fun I think it's a really good shout out Steph to be fair I think what's been quite nice as well is uh, for me as an organizer the reception it's got from uh, non-UK as well so you know I have a lot of people saying oh you know it's really great that you you're doing this and you're giving us all the um you know, all the information and the, the match breakdowns and obviously tied in with um, the predictor that Lewis is running uh, alongside it. You know, it's for people who aren't getting regular Malifaux, they can live vicariously through our Super League. I see, I see the um, the results get pushed up onto the weird place every, every week. Do they go anywhere else? Are they anywhere else? Or is it just on a weird place? Uh, they're on a weird place and also the weird forum. I will say um, I haven't updated last week's, uh, so week four is missing. Um, but when I do week five, I put four and five on the forum as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's sometimes a bit of a forgotten resource when you know, a weird place seems to be you know, the go-to place. But I am trying to make sure it's published on, on both um, formats. Cool, 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 cool. So, Carl, what I'm interested in, I, I, so I really like this Super League because it's bringing the UK community together. Obviously, it's a challenging time at the moment with COVID, but it's cool. We're playing people we wouldn't necessarily play, maybe people we would see at events, but sometimes not get the opportunity to play. I mean, for for me and Matt, who are in the south of the UK, actually, some some of the people in the north and Scotland, we we might see occasionally at events and maybe get lucky enough to play a few of them, but um this this is a way to guarantee we play lots of different people so is this something that you might bring in annually um despite the fact that obviously at some point covid's going to disappear and we will be able to play real life events again do you think it's it's a good thing to keep going in the future i actually do um and a lot of people are probably find that shocking because you know i have often joked around about vassal and not being a particular fan of it um and things like that but one thing that this league is perfect for and obviously what what vassal also does is um distance isn't a barrier which like you said in in events um you know unless you're well traveled or it's it's one of the big events you might not always see um people there and you you might you might play a person once and it could be six, eight, 12 months before you play them again. Whereas if, uh, if the league is regular and, you know, we have a, sh- a short break at the end of each, you know, at the end of each one and um, before we start a new one, then yeah, it, it's, it's just a good op- uh, opportunity for people to play regularly against each other 
and you know it's something that I'd happily run uh, consecutively and regularly. Um, and obviously, if it gets bigger as well, you know, if if the popularity increases, then there's always the potential to break it down into divisions. Um, so then, you know, the league isn't lasting too long because you know I, I don't want. It's it's already quite long, it, you know. Twenty twenty three games getting played over a weekly period. It's like five months or so, um, maybe a bit longer. I can't remember exactly, but you know, it, it's it's quite a time commitment. And um, if more people want to get involved, rather than it being, you know, the numbers go up in one league, it might be that there's two, and it goes to being ever so slightly smaller but everyone plays each other twice um but yeah there's certainly scope for it to evolve and you know i'm happy to run it as long as people want it to be run i suppose it um lends itself to if you actually broke it if loads of people got involved you could run multiple leagues and then do a champions league effectively i suppose so from the winners of those leagues go into a, a champions league um that could be an idea i suppose to be honest, it it was something that you know, if other nations wanted to do it, then you know, do their own league, so to speak. Um, you know, if there's I don't know an American league or a Polish league or Russian league, then in time it could be that yeah, um, people end up playing for those, like I said, Champions League spots, um, and you know, there's a bit more of a uh, you know universal feel to it. Um, but at that yeah. point, at that point, we've sort of got the World Series, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm cool yeah. with it. <laughs> cool, yeah. I mean, so there's something similar going on at the moment, which is the World Series, which is playing less. Ga- oh, I, I, I don't actually. I, I'm not going to talk about the World Series because I'm not 100 percent sure on the format to talk about it. But it's it's similar to that where you've got people from different nations. There's just no sort of qualifying criteria at the beginning from each nation just sort of whoever wants to sign up can which is really really cool um but yeah no like i definitely agree carl that i think it i i personally would be up for doing this like once a year i think you probably don't want it to last i think if we get more people for the next one you probably want to sort of do it like 20 per league or, or even less than that maybe um to just sort of run it down a little bit but you I, I think the format of it is awesome i think it's really good for the community and it's great to give us the opportunity to play loads of different people which is awesome um and i yeah i would definitely say that i would like to see it carry on as a tradition in the uk yeah i, I think so now i might be making this up but i thought i saw in the rules pack that actually in a, in, a, in a normal world where we're not in lockdown, you you weren't averse to the games being played in person if you could. Is that is that true, Carl, or am I making that up? That was put in the rules pack um, originally because obviously, yeah, some people. Uh, well, firstly, when uh, the rules pack was written, uh, the the severity of lockdown wasn't as it is now. So um, there was a potential for some people who you know might have been in similar areas or even um you know local bubbles um to actually to get their games so maybe in future um you know more people would be playing their their league games face to face as well as some people using vassal for it um but yeah so it's not averse to it happening um for sure yeah, that sounds really cool. Sounds really cool. So all everyone here is playing in the league. So what are your thoughts? So let's start with Steph. So you're playing in the league as well. How have you found it so far? What are you using? What are you enjoyed about it? Uh, so I'm currently using 10 Thunders, um, sticking to what I know. Um, again, like Carl has said, and like you guys have said, that I wasn't too keen on Vassal in the first place but I wanted to be playing Malifaux and this was a great way of doing it. Um, I have won one game, which was against Carl. I've drawn three and I just lost my last game. Oh, so almost undefeated. I was doing uh, so well. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. 
Um, what masters have you used? Have you been solo mastering it or are you using different stuff? Um, so far, I have used Mei Feng um, three times, four times. And uh, the game I lost was with McCabe. Oh, what? So, so looking at it from the outside, like, so <laughs> Mayfeng's May good. Like, and no one's denying Mayfeng's good, but McCabe is crazy good. Um, and so you whip out McCabe and you lose your first game. What happened? Um, so, um, a couple of things happened here. Um, one, I'm not particularly familiar with McCabe. Um, so obviously setting up that engine and whatnot, I, I had it planned. And then when it came to the actual game, I just threw everything I had planned out the window and just played like an absolute donkey. I mean, that doesn't sound like the idea of making a plan, right? I know, right? So it literally was pointless making this plan. But I went back after the game and sat there on Vassal for about 45 minutes going, right, this is where I should have moved with this. This is how I should have done that. And I literally just, I was so angry with myself for playing the way I did. But I did, and uh, my opponent, AJ, um, capitalised on it. Uh, he played really well anyway. He was playing Ophelia, which is pr- pretty angry. Um, but yeah, I just felt I didn't even give him a game. Uh, that's probably the worst feeling about it. Well, AJ's a really good player as well. He's one of our yes. guys. Um, but yeah, no, like it's <laughs> that's um, tell you what, you, you touched on something really interesting there about Vassal. So I did it, I was going to use. Uh, Ulix for my first game, but my opponent had to drop from the league. And actually, I, I popped onto Vassal uh, a few days before our game was supposed to happen and just got all the models out for Ulix and went, how am I going to unpack this crew? What does this actually look like? And just got, got six cards from the deck and went, cool, if this is my hand and this is the board, how does this look? What models, what activation order do I need to do? Because Ulix has got a lot of setup to get him rolling. Um, and it was really, really interesting. And that was a really great way to do it. And you could obviously do it in person. You could get everything out on your like dining room table and, uh, and set all your terrain up and stuff and have a go with it that way. But Vassal was super easy to log on and sort of just tres- test out things and look at actually how how does this crew unpack on this map? How does How does the activation order need to look to achieve what I want it to achieve? I don't know if anyone else has done anything similar. I'm going to guess by the uh, site. Oh, Matt, you were going to say something then? <laughs> um, no, no, I haven't. I was going to say no. No, I haven't, James. <laughs> Matt, doesn't, Matt doesn't need to practice. Matt just turns up and wins. Um, so go on, Matt. Tell us about your Super League experience so, oh, so far. Oh, Carl first. He's our, he's our guest. All right, okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, I was, gonna let, I, was gonna let, I was going to let you go first. We're going to save you for last because we're also going to do you. Pandora, <laughs> Pandora, Pandora, Pandora. But all right, go on, Carl. Tell us about your Super League Tell us, tell us, how have we ended up with two Ten Thunders players on this cast? It's disgusting. (laughs) So for me, um, firstly, running it, I always have an idea that um, I shouldn't really do well in my own event, um, just to avoid any sort of collusion charges. Um, And yeah, I just just fancied playing something a bit different. So um, all 2019, I played Rezzers um, and probably about, 90% 90% of that was Karai. Um, and then my idea for 2020 was to to go back to Guild. And um, I played quite a lot of Guild on Vassal um, in, in the little games I've been playing uh, just privately. And then for kind of 2021, one of the, the ideas I had was oh, a little goal I was setting myself was to play at least one event with each faction. Um, and paint a master from each faction just to um, just to change it up a little bit. And I kind of made a list of everyone I was going to going to play. And I just decided for the league to to pick one of one of those factions and, and go with it. And um, I ended up with yeah, ten funders. Um, league's going okay so far. Um, I think familiarity is definitely helped in the two losses I've got. So um, I lost my first game 6-4 to Luke and he was using his um, reses. So funny little thing with Luke is he was going to go Neverborn and then messaged me asking if he could change it at the last minute um, and switch back to reses. But yeah, uh, they've been quite fun so far. It's nice uh, using a different master 
Um, but yeah, definitely interesting uh, learning some some different mechanics and things like that. So, so it's quite an enjoyable experience. Cool. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. So, do you know what? Actually, you said about that. We were talking about this on the last episode as well. It's really interesting how Vassal's giving people the opportunity to play with stuff they wouldn't normally play with, which is really nice. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, in in real life, if you wanted to to use a new faction, you're either proxying uh, the models, and you know your opponent is is okay with that, or you know I've done it in the past where um, literally put sticky notes on bases. Um, you know, when testing things or trying a new a new faction out, but yeah, Vassal. Yeah, one of the positives is if you've not got it, then it's there. The negative is you're probably going to spend a ton of extra money because you start finding masters um, that you like just from playing them. The, um, yeah, like Vassal has really opened that up. I also didn't didn't know what to do and i also didn't like vassal before before all this but that's purely and purely from a close-minded point of view of just never tried it i was oh a bit bit militant in my stance of no it's real foe for me or nothing at all um yeah so actually very much worth everyone giving it a go uh, like and it, it's no substitute for a good tabletop game with a couple of your mates a couple of pints at a tournament it uh, they are two different two different ways of playing this game, um, but I think I think for what we have right now, and the the guys that put the vassal vassal modules together have done really well in keeping it up to date. I think it's worth doing. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I agree completely. Um, so I'll go next then, seeing as Matt is doing the best in the league, he can uh, he can have the crowning position here. So I'm using Bayou, as we talked about last week. I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's going well. So I've set myself a challenge. I want to use every master at least once throughout the course of the league. Um, I've actually only used two different masters because my first game where I was going to use Ulix didn't actually happen in the end. So Ulix is still on the... Uh, waiting list to be used. I've used Sommer and I've used Zip, both of them twice. Um, no, hold on. There's been more rounds than that. Uh, I think I've used Zip three times then, actually, is what's happened there. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> very well remembered. Yeah, yeah, very well remembered. Uh, so there's... No, no, actually, that is right, twice each, because I've only played four games. That's why I'm getting confused. Um, so, yeah, I've used each of those twice. Enjoyed both of them. I've got a win and a loss with both of them, so I've got... Um, two big wins and two one-point losses. So pretty middle of the pack at the moment. I'm enjoying it, though. It's nice to use some different stuff. Discovering some Bayou tech that I hadn't looked at before in my brief foray into them for Masters. So I'm really enjoying it. But mostly I'm enjoying playing people I don't normally get to play. Like I paid uh, a different Carl to the Carl on the show. I played a different Carl this week and he was an absolute joy to play against and someone I've never played against before. So I've obviously seen him in the UK chat group, um, but it's been really, really nice to actually get to play him and spend a couple of hours chatting to him over a game. Okay. So I just I'm going to let everyone know here because it's a little bit awkward. So we're using a system that lets people put their hands up when they want to talk, and people put their hands up and don't unmute themselves. Carl Lee, what have you got to say for yourself? <laughs> my uh, my spacebar just didn't want to recognise it then. But um, no, it's funny you were saying about um, Carl with a K because I actually um, having the Carl off this week, so it's me against Carl with a K to to see who is the best Carl. So, there could uh, be there could oh. be only one. Surely, wow. surely the best Carl is Carl Drogo, no? <laughs> wow, that's, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, okay. All We're right. going to edit that out. <laughs> I'll, I'll see myself. I'm not doing any editing. Like that's why I explained why there was a gap there because this, <laughs> is, this is as low key as as I can get it. Like we will we will just pop it out however it comes out the other side of this. So go on then, Matthew. Tell us about your domination of the uk super league so far so in my defense i turned up i went you know what i'm i'm going to try neverborn in the super league i've never played neverborn before haven't ever picked up a model and uh, i'm gonna try it out so uh, it's um we did i think we did two practice games me and jamie before before the 
the event. I was like, okay, yeah, it's, to be fair, it went quite well, I believe. I won both of those. And then I was like, and and this has all been all been powered by I love the new Pandora box. And I went, why does no one play Pandora? Is she just that awful? And uh, it turns out, no, 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 she's really good. So, um, yeah, so I did a couple of practice games with Jamie beforehand, two of those, and went, well, they went well. All right, we'll run, we'll run Pandora in the first match, see how we go. It probably wasn't the right strat for it. And we played around with the list a bit, little bit, but I have, um, yeah, settled into a bit of a Pandora puppet time list that I'm enjoying and uh, have have enjoyed five wins so far. They're not, they're not massive wins. They are one, two-point swings, but they are wins. So I can't can't complain, and I'm having a lot of fun. Um, I think, for me, though, I've done, done quite well with Pandora. Probably going to look at some Nakima next, because I think she's fantastic. Um, we all know Dreamer's very good and very very good at what he does. And a pretty all round, I would say, as a as a keyword. So yeah, I'm I'm having a lot of fun, having a lot of fun. Yeah. I did genuinely expect I played Ollie Hedges this week, and I genuinely expected him to turn up and take my toys off, and then I was going to come crashing down and stop riding this uh, beginner's luck I'm doing. But I've, but fortunately, that hasn't happened. I I did win and. I'm still flying high. <laughs> Didn't you use some cheeky tactics in that game? No, they weren't cheeky. He turned up expecting a terrifying Pandora list. Then I turned up and went, oh, nothing's terrifying here, mate. I am uh, just brought all this armour instead. <laughs> I, think he's not, I think he's actually referring to putting your, uh, <laughs> your um, symbol of authority on the top of a rock or something like that that wasn't impassable. Um, so me, me and Ollie had a quest, had um, talked about it at the start of the game because I like Jamie previously said, "Oh, you can't put them on terrain," and I was like, "Oh, you can't, can't put them on terrain." And so like, and Ollie was like, "No, no, I think you can. It just can't be in passable terrain." I was like, "Really? Is that is that a thing?" So we flicked through some rule books a little bit, and I went, "All right, well, I'm going to put it on top of this rock then." Uh, and he was like, "All right, fine." <laughs> so yeah, I, I put it on top of a height three rock. Oh, well, all right, fine, isn't what he said in the UK chat group. But, uh, <laughs> he, he was fine with it when it happened. I'm going to start recording. Yeah, games. no, I'm joking, I'm joking, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, But yeah, so it's interesting, actually. So you hear Pandora talked about, like, in different metas, but actually in the UK, we haven't really seen a lot of her. So I think she's catching people out, which is really interesting. And she's definitely, like we talked about a little bit on the last show as well, she's definitely got some real power there. And she looks really, really fun to use, which are both good things to have in a keyword right yeah definitely um and actually she is really fun to use um i was expecting her to be really squishy and uh, models around her to just just fall apart and obviously there, there's ruthless in the game and you think oh just ruthless and terrifying is our only real defense but if you play it right and you you bring her in with the poltergeist in support with its six inch aura of turning off ruthless it, do you know what she's she's got enough about her and with the other models around her causing problems, um, so I, I take a hooded rider and things like that. So it, there's there's some threat there, and then when your opponent brings in beaters to deal with that, she she's just a she reflects your crew back at you. So she takes takes your models and takes your damage tracks that you've brought to deal with my crew, reflects it back at the beaters, and she's just fantastic in that way. Yeah, I agree. I've I think she's really really good, and I think she is doing you well but i would like to know matthew so we I, well i'm challenging myself to use all the all the bayou masters at least once which obviously you don't have to do but i would like to see you use you've talked about nakima but i would like to see you use at least um each of the masters in neverborn once just to say you've done it and get a good feel for the faction would you say that's a, something you're considering or are you all pandora all the way so as much as I am really loving Pandora, I, I do actually want to... The whole idea of running Neverborn was to experience the faction, and I, I have had a lot of fun running Pandora, but uh, no, I, I agree. I, I do want to try all of them. The idea of, of doing this league with Neverborn was to, do you know what, have an opportunity here. I've got the models on Vassal. I can use the cards on the app. I could do something I haven't ever done before, play a faction I haven't ever really tried. And on a competitive level, let's see how it pans out. So yeah, definitely for me, um, Nakima's coming to this space pretty soon. Um, Titania is going to be quickly following that. Um, I do, I'm probably going to leave Dreamer to last because we know he's good. Um, interesting tryout, Lucius Neverborn. I think that could be a different take on it. Obviously, 
played Lucius and Guild could be fun. So, and I know Lewis has had a lot of lot of success with Euripides. So, want to turn my hand at that? There's loads and loads of things I want to do. Lots of different things I need to try. But at some point, I do have to accept the fact that I'm going to walk into a into a competitive game and not having had practice one of these masters. So, I have to make my peace with it. Do you think at some point you'll have um, a list that is more keyword than versatile? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, oh, he's throwing shade. He's throwing shade. Man. Shots fired. <laughs> um, yeah, do you, know, do you know what? I'll, I'll be completely honest. A lot of versatile models in my Pandora group. And I suppose I suppose that pans out in the sense of pretty new to the faction. They're good models. They're efficient models. Um, and probably in places, probably a little too efficient. But they are what they are for the time being. And I've taken those efficient models to learn to learn how the master works. And actually, probably, yeah, I, I definitely think running a Dreamer crew, there, there's a view there for a, a very nightmare-heavy crew. Titania's keyword, again, re- really kind of lends itself to having more of those underbrush markers. But I, find, find me a reason not to take that hooded rider. That hooded rider is, is amazing. Yeah, you see, but that's the riders overall, right? You see the riders cropping up in the in the four factions that can take them. You see the riders cropping up a lot, too uh, much. Personally, uh, well, I, I, I like I like the fact they're usable. They weren't very usable in second edition. I love the fact that in third edition, I'm taking my rider, it's a beautiful model. All the riders are really beautiful models. But again, it's a versatile model, so everyone can take it, and they are very good. Maybe it is. I suppose that's something we can talk about at a later date, but actually versatile models, they shouldn't be auto picks. They should personally, for me, in my opinion, should be models that give you a different way of playing a little something different from your keyword, a change in how they maneuver around, but they definitely shouldn't be. I'm taking this model because it's maneuverability. It's beating. It's, it's, it's just kind of it's durable. It's, going to it's good in every situation, right? Yeah, basically. Like the, the versatile model should answer a problem, I think is what you're trying to say, rather than just be a, an every every time fix. Yeah, I agree. But it's it's, it's a hard one to um it's a hard one to balance to make something useful but not so useful that you could take it every time because at that like it's it is a hard one to find a balance in. Definitely, and uh, let's not take it away from weird that this third M3E so so well balanced in like for the majority yeah we know we've got some hiccups in certain places 10 thunders but like actually (laughs) (laughs) actually as a game really well balanced (laughs) what have you got to say for yourselves 10 thunders players i was gonna say i'm gonna put it out there um so far in the things that i've used there's only a couple of models that are really ridiculous but i I guess i don't know I've, i've not not really gone in with the the crazy ridiculous masters i don't think so far i'm not sure but um, are you gonna are you gonna use all the different masters carl i think so um i've used yuko masaki and asami so far um the only thing is there's a couple that don't really intrigue me too much um and if there's any that i don't use it'll probably be them so um i'm, I'm not overly fussed about using shenlong and um, uh, McCabe seems interesting, but it's one of those where I'm again. I'm not not really sure if I feel like that enthralled to pick him up. Whereas um, I've really enjoyed Masaki, and I actually think Yuko is is super interesting as well. Um, but actually, quite difficult to to kind of scratch the surface and yeah, I think she's got to, you've got to dig deep to, to get the best out of her. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll try and get the majority of them played. If not all of them in all honesty. Yeah. What about you, Steph? Um, I actually own all of them apart from Shenlong um, in real life as well. I really want to put Yuko down a few more times because as Carl said, I think she's got some legs. Um, it's just a case of getting the use out of her properly. Well, I mean, she's definitely got legs. Cause... <laughs> yeah, she's definitely got legs for days. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I've used her a few times. I think she's she's quite cool. Um, definitely a box to um, tick on that one. And I kind of want to put 
Jacob Lynch down a few more times because he's been one of my painting projects recently. Really enjoyed it. Um, but looking at all those auras on a screen just terrifies me. Absolutely terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be easier to manage on Vassal than it is in real life, surely. It should be, but my computer just suddenly has meltdowns when there's more than three auras on the screen. So I don't really want to do it at the moment. Speaking of the auras, so my game this week was against the Crossroad 7. And at one point between both our crews, it was just aura central. And it was it was just a rave party on a screen. It was absolutely crazy the amount of colours going on because of yeah, the Yeah, Crossroads, Crossroads have got a lot of auras going on. I played, uh, I played that crew the week before, I think. Um, and yeah, there's a lot going on with that crew. It's really cool, though. It's nice to see them work really nicely as a... Uh, as a entire crew now. Yeah, there's really synergistic. Um, and I think until you actually see them be used, um, I, I never really, like, it never really came across like they, they were going to be that good together. Um, and, you know, the, the, the way the, the synergies work together is just, it's actually quite nice to see uh, from my perspective anyway. I think um, we'll start seeing some results from Adrian as well. He's playing them really well. Um, obviously, they're quite a challenge to play, but I think he's unlocking them. I think we'll see some good results from him. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. My game against him was probably one of the worst strategies the Crossroads could play. Um, so it was always going to be an uphill struggle for him. And he said at the end of the game he was happy that he just managed to score three with him, considering um, the encounter. With um with the crossroad seven, they're they're still doing, they've still got all the yeah they're still only limited to seven models. There's no way of doing anything else, is there? You can't take anything else with them. They well, uh, they the, the effigy free. Oh, of course you do. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. But Which um, grows into the emissary. Oh yeah, that's that's not terrible actually. That emissary is good, presuming it's the neverborn one, isn't it? In theory, in theory, you could take any versatile models, couldn't you? There's no nothing stopping you doing that. As long from whichever crossroad master you declare, or whichever crossroad member you declare as your master, you surely open the pool of versatile models up to them as well. He you could get um, type action. Yeah, I was going to say um, you could get any any guild model. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Well, if you're using greed, right? But yeah, no, yeah, you could just hire anything. You just have to pay the additional cost if it's uh, if it's not crossroads. But yeah, I think you lose. Well, I don't know. There's obviously certain situations where some are better than others, but you lose a bit of the the overall power of the the crossroads if you start dropping people off because the the whole point is between them they cover basically anything you're doing with their auras. Um, so you're just stacking sin tokens constantly. It's really really cool. So um, you guys uh, threw some shade my way earlier for versatile models. Are you guys not using versatile models in your ten thunders group? Uh, Steph, are you not using versatile models? I have used Fahatsu once or twice. Oh, God. I have. Disgusting. Oh, God. I'm, I'm not going to stick up for him. He is an awesome model. Um, so I'm not going to try and defend against that. Um, I haven't used Samurai at all yet. I haven't used the Tanuki yet. Um, but the Sun Kang is sitting in most of my lists. See, I, I, I thought Fahatsu and Tanuki were actually the same model because they always came together, didn't they? Just uh, buy one, you get the other one. But no, apparently they are two separate models. <laughs> Focusing uh, hamsters that they are. I will also like to point out, I played against the Arcanist the other day and their versatility is is just as bad, if not. Oh, oh. classic deflection. I'm going to allow it because Arcanists are scum. But that is that is some clear deflection away from the uh, filth in your faction there, Steph. Carl, what have you got to say for yourself? How many versatiles are you using? So I, I'm generally being quite nice. Um, I've not used Fahatsu once because I have morals. Um, <laughs> thin, thin morals, small morals, but See, uh, that's still... because you're not. A, that's because you're not a true Ten Thunders player. You're just dipping your toe in. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, to be honest, I'm just trying to think now. Um, if anything, it's been a bit more out of keyword in some instances. Um, the main versatile models I've, I've actually used is the MSO, uh, no, sorry, the effigy and trying to grow it up. And 
then um, the Lone Swordsman and the Dawn Serpent both popped in every now and again. Um, the Lone Swordsman's been both a hero and the worst model ever, um, and the Dawn Serpent has, has generally done pretty well in, in most of my games, um, though it did get executed by Karai in one of them, which was quite sad, and it black joked its heel against Steph, which was also quite sad. Um, but yeah, a, a couple have been sneaking in, but no Samurai, no Fahatsu. Um, I've used the Tanuki once because I needed a healer. But um, yeah, Sun's popped in once because he, he just seems far too good for his cost. Um, and then the game I played yesterday, so this week's game, um, I actually took Desper and a Huckster into uh, my Asami list. But yeah, not nothing crazy. Yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't sound like anything crazy, Carl, at all. Wow. Uh, do you know what? I've I've heard worse. It's it's not too bad. I'm not going to give him too much hate for that. Um, but no, do you know what? We 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 are jesting, like about the versatiles. Obviously, people can use whatever they see fit. But it is nice to hear about people using some more thematic lists. Um, and it is good to see people trying out the different stuff in their factions. It is quite interesting um, with the, although it's not. Um, yeah, it's it's not a necessity, but some people are sticking to the zero um, out of keyword zero versatile um, challenge that that was put ahead, and I think there's four people, maybe five, who have had zero um, versatiles every week. You so got a prize up for that, don't you? There is going to be a prize. Um, someone is going to get the nice person award for doing that, and some nice prize that I haven't fully decided on yet, but it'd be something good. Demi, you, you ever won the nice person award? Yeah, <laughs> I get it. I get it every morning when I wake up because I'm such a nice person. Shut the hell up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Um, so that's the UK Super League. I expect we will hear from Carl again. Um, as we go a little bit further into the league to talk about how it's all going. But um, have you got much planned for next year as one of the... Carl's one of the main henchmen pushing events out in the UK. Obviously, it's a little bit uncertain based on COVID, but what what, what are you planning for next year, if anything, or are you just sort of waiting and seeing how things develop? If, um, if you know, we get some, some good news regarding COVID um, and gaming in person can start to resume then i do have uh four dates provisionally booked for next year which is uh three single day events and uh, my first weekend uh two-day event so uh, and they're, they're going to be spread evenly across across the year uh hopefully you know build on the success my events were getting before lockdown you know we're starting to get some really good numbers and picking up players from pretty much all over the country wanting to get there so yeah you know hopefully those those go ahead because there's nothing worse than putting the effort in and then having to cancel um i think i cancelled two events this year um and the worst bit like you alluded to in the uh, at the beginning the event in that I had to cancel pretty much the week before because the government kindly told us, uh, yeah, eight days before the event was due that my area was going into its its own local lockdown. So it stung quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's um, but it's hard. Like it's good that people are doing what they can for it. And we were talking about this last night actually. Whether I think when as things start to open up again. It's. I think it's a case of you can't plan things for like long in advance. I think we've just got to try and throw some events out there and be like, "Cool, this is happening in two weeks," um, or or like just get your tickets, just try and get it happen to not give time. Because the trouble is, we've we've planned some big events. So we had your event, we had the nationals, which were looking like they were going ahead, and then just things changed in the time between them being organised and actually happening. Um, so I think potentially the way to get some events going might be to just try and organise some like quick fire ones with cool. These are what the restrictions are right now, so let's get this event done right now, sort of thing. But um, obviously, 
Yeah, not being a TO, I don't know how uh, if feasible that is to actually throw together. I appreciate it will probably hit the numbers of people that can attend a little bit, but it might actually mean the event could go ahead. So maybe something to think about. It's just something we were discussing last night. Um, but yeah, so anything else to add from you guys, Carl, Steph, Matt? Anyone got anything to say? No, good, thanks. No, no from Steph, Carl? Uh, nothing in particular, just, yeah, you know, keep an eye out on a weird place on a forum, uh, or the forum, should I say, for, you know, the information, um, being put out and yeah, just, you know, glad people are enjoying, enjoying the league and, and the rubbish I like to write every week, you know, I like to put in a few little jokes and throw a bit of shade. So hopefully yeah, people are enjoying it. Love the stats. That's what I love. More stats. They love the, the info. People love the, the data and the stats and yeah, the nerds love it. It is good. I like seeing that as well. It's nice to see more as much like as much information as you can get is always good, right? Um and it's the thing is the thing with information is like it's you can you can put if you put loads of information out there, if it's too much for people, they just don't have to read it. But it's it means that there's enough that people can go and consume as much and, and it helps, as you said earlier, with that whole sort of living vicariously through the event kind of uh, feel that it's got with the COVID at the moment and not everyone being able to play. But yeah, Matt, what about yourself? Have you got anything to add? Anything you want to say before we uh, close this up? No, just um, just that we're we're well done, well done, guys, for uh, next that the second week of podcasting, and uh, I'm pretty excited about the next one next week, James. Next week, <laughs> yeah. Yep, definitely not being recorded in like three hours. Um, so, yeah, we're trying to smash it out before, uh, while it's new and exciting, we'll get as many episodes recorded as we can. Um, cool. Right, well, that's it from us then. Guys, feel free to say goodbye, but we are going to close the episode off here. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in a week. Bye. 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 Cheers, everyone. Bye. Bye.